Take your Bibles and turn to Luke, Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. I told you we were going to talk a little bit about the Calvary. We're going to talk some about the cross this morning. And Luke chapter 23. We'll begin reading verse 32. The Bible says, And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Verse 34 then said Jesus, the first words of Christ on the cross, Father, forgive them. Isn't that amazing? Amen. He's being crucified and He says, Father, forgive them. But it's really, it's really no surprise when you think of it because the whole reason for the cross, the whole reason for Him coming to earth and being that sacrifice was to pay the payment of sin. Was to make it possible for people to be forgiven. The, the cross was going to be the pathway to restore or reconcile sinful man to God. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Jesus, he came to, to be able to defeat sin. Uh, sin is still running prevalent today, but because of Christ, uh, eventually we know by reading the book of Revelation that sin will be done away with. So will death and so will our enemy, uh, Satan. They will all be done away with. But Christ made a way at the cross for sin, the penalty of sin, to be paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 53 and verse 12, that passage talking about prophesying 750 years before Christ's death, prophesying of Christ's death, it says, And He was numbered with the transgressors, and He bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, was a friend to sinners. And I guarantee you there has never been a greater friend to sinners than Jesus Christ. The one who took your sin, their sin, my sin, upon Himself. He took it so that we didn't have to pay for our own sin. He said there that they know not what they do. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what you do. This is not Christ removing personal responsibility. That's not what He's doing at all. He's, you know, in order, to, in order to get forgiveness, in order to receive the payment that Christ made, you know what you have to do? You have to take personal responsibility, don't you? You have to say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Didn't the, didn't the one thief on the cross, what did He say? Lord, be merciful to me, a what? 
sinner. He took personal responsibility. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. God's not removing their personal responsibility. They will, in each and every one of us, will give an account for ourselves to God. The Bible says that in Romans 14, 12. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. That's a sobering thought. You say, I know someone who says, I don't believe there is a God. I, they will give an account of themselves one day to God. Whether you believe them or not, it doesn't make them not true. It doesn't make the facts any more serious. But we see here the compassion of Christ on His creation that has been corrupted. We see here that He realizes their, their blindness, that they've been, they've been deceived. That's what He's saying. They don't really know what they're doing. I mean, they, they had chose to sin. They were crucifying an innocent man here on Calvary, but do you really think they knew that they were crucifying the very one that had given them life? They didn't really know what they were doing, did they? And truthfully, there's many a times that we don't really know what we're doing, do we? I think God looks down at us so many times and has compassion on us and has, uh, has, has pity, has grace and mercy on us because honestly, many times we don't know what we're doing. The point I'm trying to make is, is that Christ is merciful to all of us as sinners. And it's, it's always, I believe, a good Sunday morning to consider the cross. Would you agree with that, that any Sunday morning that we come here and we consider the cross of Jesus Christ, the proof, you say, how do you know that, I, that, Sean, you don't have to pay for your sin? How do you know that you don't have to spend an eternity without God and an eternity in hell? I know that because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Anytime we come, we, we sang that song, The Old Rugged Cross, today, didn't we? And many times we sing those old hymns about the cross and, and about Calvary. I think of Jesus, the song, Keep Me Near the Cross. It goes, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain. Free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. Or the song, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel. Veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. You remember when you did that? 
You remember when you knelt down at the cross of Calvary and asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins? Do you remember when your heart was black? Do you remember when it was filled with sin and the red blood of Jesus Christ came and cleansed you from your sin and made you what? White as snow. <laughs> he said, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's what the cross of Calvary does for us. It brings complete and full forgiveness. He doesn't leave anything left for us to do ourselves. He cleanses us and makes us clean. Could we be too thankful for the cross? Could we talk too much about the cross? Could we sing too much about the cross of Calvary? Is it ever a waste of time to remember, to remember? I mean, for all of us that have been saved, it is that place where our sin debt was settled, was settled for eternity. We believe that when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that you're eternally born again. It was settled. He doesn't leave anything left undone. You know, Christ, He, he has a way of dealing with sin at the root. So many times this world and ourselves, we have, we have band-aids for sin, don't we? We have ways of trying to cover up sin and making sin look not so bad and the effects of sin not so bad. But Jesus Christ, boy, when you accept that cleansing blood that flows from Calvary, He creates a new man, a new woman, a new creature in Christ Jesus. He deals with sin right at the root. That's good news. That's good news. For those of us that have been saved, we've had our sin debt paid for. Settled. Done. And it was something that you and I could not pay for. Or if we would have, we'd have had to pay for it with our life. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a group here, a handful of people that are going through uh, a class right now, Financial Peace. It's a pathway of being debt free. It's a, it's a peace and freedom from being under the bondage of debt. And I propose to you this morning that there is a greater bondage in this world than financial. There's a greater debt than anything that is monetary. And that is sin. And it has the highest price. When you sin, you've sinned against an eternal God. And there's an eternal payment for it. It's eternal death. This message this morning is simply debt-free. Forgiven and forgiving. When we think of sins, you may think of uh, sins of co commission. The, the wrong things that we've done. Committing sin. So that is... Uh, going in direct disobedience to God. That's what sin is. It's against God. It's against, it's against God. It's going against His laws and against His ways. So when we commit those sins, that is going against God's will, God's plan. And it's not that, and we've said this here many times, it's not that God's, uh, God's will and God's plan is there to, to kind of control us or rein us in. It's to set us free. 
It really is. Because anything else is, is what binds us up, is what puts us in bondage. The, the, only, the only way to live is to live according to the will of God. Then there's sins of omission. That's not necessarily something that we do or something that we did, but something that we didn't do, right? That we know we're supposed to do. Hope I didn't lose you there. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse uh, 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Even in the Old Testament, even in the Old Testament, there was a, a, a sacrifice made possible for people that had committed sins and didn't even know that they'd committed them. In Leviticus chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible, 1 through 3, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If, if a soul shall sin through ignorance. <laughs> I guarantee there's a lot of us that probably do that, even now still today. Against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not be done, and shall do against any of them. If the priest that is anointed to do sin according to the sin of the people, let him bring for his sin, which he hath sinned, a young bullock without blemish unto the Lord for a sin offering. There was an offering for those things that were even done in ignorance in the Old Testament. And I, 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 I propose to you that uh, being ignorant of God's laws and in, ignorant of sin is not... Is not uh, does not dismiss us from it. The Bible says the bottom line really here is the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us, all of us are in that same boat. All of us have that debt. How about the sin of a disposition? Those sins of the heart. Maybe you didn't do anything, or it's not something that you were supposed to do that you didn't do. But maybe it's a it's in your mind or your attitude. Let me ask you this. Is it possible to sin against God in your imagination? The Bible says, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 27, You have heard it said of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. He's talking about the Old Testament laws. But, Jesus says in verse 28, I say unto you, Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already. Where? In his heart. You say, my goodness, this is not, this is not uh, feeling so good right now. Uh, we come here and you're bringing up all the ways that we've sinned against God. It's, it's not that you have and not that I have, it's that we all have. It's our nature. We are all, all, all born in sin. That's what David said. We were born into it. But Christ, but the cross, that's, what's, that's what the good news is. It doesn't leave you there. That's what I was saying. Christ deals with our sin. He doesn't just put that band-aid on it. He's able to cleanse us and make us completely clean. Make a new man, a new woman. After His image. Born after Him. That is good news. It's a clearing, a cleansing. It is forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 1 John Chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, what? Cleanseth us from all sin. 
He says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, in whom, talking about Christ, in whom we have redemption, we've been bought back, redeemed to Christ, to Himself, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. I accepted Christ as a, as a young child, as when I uh, accepted Him as my Lord and Savior, but I've heard many testimonies. I've heard uh, uh, a lot of folks that have come to know Christ and been born again and, and after they've been adults for a while. And I've heard many folks say that they, when they pray and ask Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sins and to save them. I heard one man say this, it was like a load was lifted off my back. Right. You know what that was? That was guilt. You know, sin that we carry around is like guilt that we have to carry. But forgiveness is a complete clearing. It's not a ten-step program to salvation. It's not, a, you know, all these sort of things. It is a receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and it goes right to the root and he deals with it there and brings up a new person. Completely cleansed, completely clean. Complete. That's what he says. He says, in Colossians, he says, you are complete in Christ. That also means you are perfect in Christ. You say, well, you just said we were all sinners. Yeah. But you can be perfect and complete in Christ Jesus. How? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 43, verse 25, the Bible says, I, even I, God talking, am He, I, even I, am He that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake. And I will remember, or I will not remember thy sins. Isn't that a good place to be? He said, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin in Romans chapter 4. When Jesus, when God blots out your sin, <laughs> when He blots it out, when He says, uh, I will not remember it anymore. That's good news for us. You say, I know I've sinned. I know I'm a sinner. But I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You know what He sees when He looks down at you? He sees sinless. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees the righteousness of Christ on you. You say, but I don't feel like that. I mean, I don't feel righteous like Christ. Yeah, but by faith you can believe that that is how God sees you because He says He does. That is great. You know, you know, sometimes we're worried about how our image or how we look at other people. But can you imagine what that does for you when you realize how you look to God? Forgiven? Sins blotted out. He sees Jesus Christ's righteousness on you. Oh, this is good news. This is good news. This is great forgiveness. Great forgiveness. Grace that's greater than all of our sin. The Bible says where sin did abound, grace did what? Much more abound. For those of us that have experienced this salvation, salvation is not just forgiveness. It's not just clearing of debt. He didn't just make you debt free in the God's economy. He did do that. He did do that. But He did so much more. He didn't just say all your past sins are forgiven. What else did He do? 
He gave you sonship. He said, now you're a son, you're a daughter. Now you're part, he says, you're adopted into the family of God. And he began to give you the eternal riches. He says, we're joint heirs with Christ. That's what he says. <laughs> so not only did my sin debt get paid for, but yet I got in on the eternal riches, the riches of heaven, the riches of God as, not as a servant of God, but as a child of God. That is a great deal. Paul talked about that throughout, throughout his epistles. and He says the glory. He talked about the, the suffering that we go through here on this earth. He said the suffering that you go through here on this earth shouldn't even be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in you. In you. You say, what do you mean? God's going God's to glorify you in eternity. That's good news. That's a great deal. I've said it here before. That's the best deal in town. <laughs> that's the best deal in town. I was lost. I was going to have to pay for my own sin. But God, I received the gospel. I received the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And my future now is bright. Why? Because of Him. Because of Him alone. You know, it's good to be debt free with God. It's good not to owe God anything. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Sin is against God. And when you've sinned against God, you're in debt. Receiving Christ's payment for your debt, for your sin, that's salvation. And that's a good place to be. That's, that makes you right with God. That makes you in right standing with God. You know what righteousness is? You're, that means you're in right standing with God. You say, I don't feel righteous, as I, you know. I don't feel righteous. But if, if, if Christ has made your uh, sin payment, then you are right in right standing with God Almighty. You're righteous in sight. Why? Was it your righteousness? No. It was Christ's righteousness. The Bible talks about Abraham, how his righteousness was imputed to him by what? By faith. Same way that you and I have our righteousness imputed to us. By faith. It's grace. It's by, by grace through faith. Let me ask you a question. Have we been given a lot? Have we been forgiven a lot? That's a question. Have we? Have you? So will you forgive others? Take your Bibles, turn to two passages. Luke, you're already in Luke, so go to Luke 11. Once you get to Luke 11, hold your finger there and go to Matthew 6. You've been forgiven a lot. You've been given a lot. Will you forgive others? Luke chapter 11 and verse 4. Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. A pattern, a doctrine of prayer here. Luke 11, 4. It says, And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is what? Indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but 
deliver us from evil. Now go to Matthew, it's the same, same thing there. Matthew chapter 6, in verse 12. He says, and forgive us our debts. He uses debts instead of sins there. You see that? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power and glory forever. Amen. And if we forgive men their trespasses, our Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Got a question for you. What right do we have to hold others indebted to us when we've been forgiven so much? And here's another question. What good does it do us or anybody else to keep people indebted to us when we've been forgiven so much? Does it have, does it have a good uh, result of holding bitterness, of holding, uh, holding a grudge? Is there, have you ever heard someone say, you know, I've been bitter for 20 years, and boy, I'm, it's been a great thing. I really taught them a lesson. But, you know, it's been great for my health, it's been good for my family, boy, it's been great for everything around me, you know? You don't hear that. You don't, that's not how that's not what happens. No one's happy that they held a grudge. It just grows like a small root into a big one, doesn't it? Bitterness hurts us. It, bitterness can destroy us. It can destroy those around us, can't it? In Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, there's a, there's a principle that God laid out for the nation of Israel. And you, you know that, that uh, the nation of Israel had a Sabbath day to please God, right? Every seven days they took a day to please God. They also had a Sabbath year. So every seven years there was a year that they gave to God where they didn't plant the crops and they didn't have all that sort of stuff. And Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, At the end of every seven years thou shalt make a... Release. That's what the Bible says. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that uh, uh, lendeth aught unto his neighbor shall release it. And he shall exact of his neighbor uh, or of his brother because uh, it is called the Lord's release. So every seven years there was this time of just releasing, releasing debts, releasing all these sort of things. Uh, it was just part of Israel's economy, and that's how, it, that's how it worked. And so today, maybe today, would be your day of release. Just let it go. You say, what are you talking about? That thing that you have been angry, that you play over in your mind. If I run into them, you know, I'm going to tell them. You know, don't you always think of those good comebacks after you, you know? And this is that comeback that you've been working on for years. You know? The one that if I ever get, and they say something, and they say this, I'm going to let them have it, and I'm going to tell them everything that they've ever done wrong to me made me mad over the last five years. It's that thing that's eating you up, and you say, well, I, I don't know that it affects me. I can turn it off and turn it on. I don't know. I think you allow that thing to fester and allow it to be there before long. You don't have the joy of the Lord. It can take away some happiness. 
it can take away, it can, it can begin to make you have a hard heart toward others. And, that, and now, before long, the way you treat people around you and other people is affected by what someone else has done to you. So let it go. Release them of it. You say, but they have never asked for forgiveness. I think that in order for us maybe to have re, uh, our fellowship back with them and friendship ended, I think there are some steps of, of asking for forgiveness and you've forgiven them. But I think that for your own good and for your own health, you can release them of any a debt that you hold over their head. Just release them of it. They don't owe you anything. I, you say, but you don't know. You don't know the years that I lost. You don't know the things that they stole from me. You don't know that I didn't have the parents that other people had. You don't know that I had to go through this with a spouse or I had to go through this with a so-called friend did this to me. You know, those sort of things that go through your head. But wouldn't it be better just to say, I forgive them. I, I forgive my father. I forgive my mother. I forgive that friend. I forgive them. In my heart, I, they don't owe me. They don't have to come back and give it back. They don't have to do anything. Those, those years that I think were lost, they weren't lost. God helped me. God showed me through. God did these things. It wasn't a loss. God was there for me. He can make up for it. They don't owe me anything. I'm going to let it go. And you can leave here this morning owing no man nothing because God has forgiven you your debts and nobody owing you anything. Isn't that, it, wouldn't that be a refreshing thing? Just to leave here just without carrying that burden, without having that, you know, if I run into them, I'm going to let them, or, or the guilt that you carry around because you know that you've sinned against God. Just release it. Release it. The forgiveness of God is there for you. You can receive it and be clean and cleansed and know it. And so because you have received that, would you release those that have, are indebted to you? You know what he says here in both of those passages? I read them all. In both Luke and Matthew, he said, uh, forgive those that are indebted to us or forgive their sins. And then he says in both passages, and lead us not into temptation. I believe that if we hold on to bitterness or we hold on to, to anger, we hold on to those things, you know what? You know what can happen, and most likely will happen, is you'll be led into temptation. It might start off as just angry with them and able to treat everybody else wrong, but don't you think that that, that anger, that root of bitterness, can open the door for the devil to get his foot in and begin to work and destroy your life and hurt you? In other words, if you're debt-free, you don't owe God, He's, he's paid off your debts and nobody owes you, you're less likely to fall into temptation. The temptation of bitterness. The temptation of a hard heart. The temptation of these sort of things that come. Paul said this, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I hope that no one leaves here this morning with regret or guilt. You don't have to. You don't have to think of the things that are in the past of, I hope they don't know. I hope, just, just put it out in the open before God. Tell Him exactly. He knows already. Tell Him what it is that you're sorry for and He will forgive you. 
You don't have to be re- have regrets. You don't have to do that. But you also don't have to leave here with bitterness. Somebody owing you something. You've been forgiven so much. Why would we hold someone? You know, our salvation, that takes care of our eternity. That takes care of the sin debt for eternity. But our daily sins can break our fellowship with God. Would you agree with that? That our daily, our daily sins uh, can, can, can mess up that fellowship that we have with the Father. It can kind of mess up the flow of the Holy Spirit or the Spirit's control in our life. Would you not agree with that? If we're living in sin and God's convicted us of it and we're not repenting of it, then you know, the fellowship between you and the Father isn't, the lines of communication aren't open. This, is, this, this may be easier pictured in our mind by the standing in our state. Our standing in our state. Our standing is, as a, as a believer, as, a, as a, a child of God, you are a child of God. You're an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Christ. That's not going to change because of salvation. But your state is, maybe you're living in sin. And because of that, that fellowship isn't there. You're not walking close with the Father. You're not having that fellowship with Him. So then what do you do? What do you do to make sure that your state is right, that you're in fellowship with the Lord, that the Holy Spirit is working through you, that He is using you? Isn't it wonderful when the Holy Spirit works through you? Maybe maybe last week we talked about being a Spirit-led evangelist, right? And and I'd be interested to hear if someone had an experience this week where they were able to just open their mouth and allow the Holy Spirit to to speak to someone else, the, the words of life. Isn't it energizing? Isn't it it wonderful to experience that? But sometimes you can't experience that, can't feel that if if there's sin in our life, that the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, there's sin in your life, and you're not dealing with it. How do you deal with it? God's made a way to deal with it. It's easy. 1 John 1.9. This might be a verse, 1 John 1.9, that you memorize, or, or that you highlight, or that you mark in your Bible. 1 John 1.9. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what that is? That's confession. That's confessing of our sins. Being quick to confess or quick to get clean is a sign of spiritual growth. In other words, the I don't think that anyone becomes sinless. No one becomes sinless in these in these bodies until these bodies have been laid down. But maybe a sign of spiritual growth is there is that you don't wait so long between times when you you've sinned and you and you don't have the joy and you don't have the fellowship with God to the time that you confess that sin and get get back in fellowship with the Lord get back in fellowship with Him. All I'm saying is quick to confess. That's a, that's, a ten, that's a sign of a tender heart, right? A soft heart toward God. It's not a hard heart where you say, uh, you, 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 you rationalize your sin or say, you know, just say, I'm guilty. God, I, I did it again. I, I confess. I confess. <laughs> I messed up again. You say, yeah, but I do that eight times a day. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Don't get tired of that. Why? Because you don't want that 
relationship to get broken between you and God? What if we live life, what if this group here lived a life of quick to confess and quick to forgive? Doesn't that sound like a wonderful debt-free life? Don't carry anything around. Hey, Lord, I, I, I messed up. I failed. Forgive me of my sin. And he will. He said it. If you confess, I'll forgive. Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Someone comes up to you and does something wrong, you say, hey, I forgive. I forgive. I'm not going to hold it over your head. I'm not going to drag you. I'm not going to put a guilt trip on you. I'm not, not, hopefully, I have enough maturity and strength to not even bring it up again. I forgive you. Don't. Over. Why? Because I've been forgiven so much. How would it be right for me to hold it again over you? What I've been forgiven. What I've been taken care of. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Christ. Maybe you've not been saved. Maybe your sin debt hasn't been paid for and you feel the guilt of sin. The conviction's there. Don't leave here today without that. It's a free gift. You accept Jesus Christ. It was... is. The sacrifice that He made on the cross makes it possible for our sins to be forgiven. Forgive others. Release them. If you've got some bitterness from somebody in the past, and you're struggling right now in your mind or in your heart, you're saying, but, just release it. Just let it go. Just let it go. That, uh, that financial peace class uh, that uh, many folks here have taken or are taking, if you listen to the, the Dave Ramsey uh, radio program, he has a, a radio program, he does this thing where when someone calls in or, or goes in to his place, that they can do it on the show, a debt-free screen, which means that they've paid off all the debt and then they'd be, we're free! And they scream it on the radio like that. You know what? You're debt free. Because of Jesus Christ. Do your debt free screen. Do your debt free You know, God, thank you. I'm debt free. I'm debt free. I don't owe a debt to God. I'm completely debt free. Eternally paid for. I'm debt free. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Christ. I'm going to give you this time to pray and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We've preached about the cross and the payment of the cross. Maybe you've never prayed and said, Lord, be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. But just put your heads down and we'll, we'll pray. If you'd like to do that, just, just uh, repeat this prayer after me in your heart and to the Lord. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you paid that penalty of my sin on the cross of Calvary. God, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. I'm asking you to save me. I'd like you to be the Lord, my, my Lord, my God. You come into my heart and save me. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, God, we come to you this morning. God, we do, we are all, uh, in, we're in debt. We were in debt. And you paid our debt. God, we're thankful for it. So Lord, help us to show our thankfulness to you by forgiving those that owe us.
forgiven those that have done us wrong or done, done us uh, bad. God, help us to show what you did for us to them. Show the love of Christ through our forgiveness. And our quick to confess our sins, quick to forgive others of their sins. And Lord, help us to just be able to be released of any bitterness, of any anger that we would hold on to from anyone. God, help us. Help us to be able to do that and be able to be uh, lights in the community by showing their, their joy and their happiness that's in our hearts. God, we love you. We thank you for this day that we are able to spend in church reading your word. And thank you for each person that's here today. Pray that you bless them as we go our ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.